2: Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Alex Hall. A San Francisco judge ordered the release Monday of a man who's been incarcerated for over 30 years for a murder he's maintained he didn't commit. KQED's Alex Emsley reports.
1: Joaquin Siria thanked the judge for the opportunity to have his case reexamined, and he embraced his attorneys after his 1991 conviction was set aside. His son Pedro Siria was there to see it. He was just a month old when his father was arrested.
3: I believed he was innocent for my whole life. You know, that's what I was always told. And then once I started understanding the situation, it made more and more sense to me. So, yeah, I've always believed he was innocent. You know, so his patience is what got him finally to this.
1: The San Francisco DA's new Innocence Commission, which reviews questionable past convictions, spearheaded the legal petition that led to Syria's release. Lara Bazelon, a commissioner and USF law professor, says there were major problems with eyewitness testimony identifying Syria as the man who shot and killed Felix Bastarica in 1990.
4: One of these eyewitnesses said possibly and looks the most like. She never said it's him. And that kind of an ID would never be allowed today.
1: Recently, three new witnesses came forward to cast doubt on Syria's guilt. The judge did not find Syria factually innocent. He instead found enough reasonable doubt to set aside the conviction and order a new trial. But prosecutors immediately dismissed the charges, prompting Syria's release. For The California Report, I'm Alex Emsley in San Francisco.
2: California residents may see increased wait times and costs for abortion services due to restrictions in other states. Jody Hicks, president of Planned Parenthood Affiliates of California, says the organization is already seeing rising demand at Planned Parenthood centers across the state. It will not just be people
5: in other states that will suffer increased wait times, increased costs, or worse. Californians could too. Because as we know, the need for abortion services does not disappear just because an extreme politician puts a ban in place.
2: Hicks says centers here have seen an average of 80 out-of-state patients a month since Texas imposed new abortion restrictions. She says hundreds of new abortion restrictions have been introduced in 40 states as of the start of this year, with more on the way. More than half of California voters would be willing to pay more for items that don't contain single-use plastics, according to a new poll. Well, those voters will have an opportunity to vote this November on a ballot measure that would require all single-use plastics in the state to be recyclable. But as KCRW's Daryl Satsman reports, business and trade groups are expected to put up a big fight.
6: The poll by the environmental group Oceana reveals more than 90% of California voters are concerned by the damage wrought by plastic pollution, and almost as many support government policies to reduce single-use plastics, which make up most of the plastic pollution that finds its way into the ocean. The November ballot measure would require all single-use plastics to be recyclable or reusable by the end of the decade. Think shopping bags, utensils, and product packaging. The proposal is backed by environmental groups whose efforts to get a law passed in the legislature have been stymied by powerful business lobbies. This time around, groups like the California Chamber of Commerce and the California Retailers Association are expected to wage a fierce fight to defeat the measure, saying it would cost individual consumers hundreds of dollars a year as businesses have no choice but to pass along their higher costs. For the California Report, I'm Daryl Satsman in Los Angeles
2: officials in fontana in san bernardino county have settled a legal dispute with the state attorney general over allegations the city violated the california environmental quality act attorney general rob bonta sued the city last year alleging officials failed to go through the proper environmental review process in approving a large trucking warehouse next to a high school bonta says the agreement is part of a larger effort to cut down on emissions in the city
3: our settlement
1: requires the city of Fontana to adopt the most stringent environmental standards in California for future warehouse development.
2: As part of the agreement, developers will have to create buffer zones around all warehouse projects. Those that are larger than 400,000 square feet will have to be powered exclusively by solar energy. it's been 16 years since Californians elected anyone but a Democrat to statewide office. But this year, Democratic Attorney General Rob Bonta is facing challenges from three serious contenders in the June primary, two Republicans and one independent. Only the top two candidates will progress to the November runoff. KQED Politics correspondent Marisa Lagos is taking a look at all four candidates, and she starts with Los Angeles attorney Nathan Hawkman.
5: Nathan Hockerman may be a Republican, a former federal prosecutor, and have his sights set on being California's top cop. But he asks voters not to pigeonhole him.
8: My message is bipartisan. It's common sense. It's pragmatic. It's what, if you were sitting around trying to figure out the solutions to these problems, most people would come up with. And that's where I want to go, the hard middle.
5: Hawkman, a native Californian, leans into his diverse legal experiences, citing his career as a U.S. attorney under President George W. Bush and work as a private defense lawyer. He says his career has spanned the gamut from going after tax cheats, polluters, and dirty cops to prosecuting political corruption and defending people accused of white-collar crimes. He notes he's the only candidate who has been both a prosecutor and a defense
8: attorney. And what it gives me is an ability to calibrate. Who are the true public safety threats who need to be imprisoned and taken off our streets? And who can serve their death to society in some other way?
5: Hockman says he would use the full power of the attorney general's 4,500 lawyers to pursue both criminal and civil cases. Among his priorities are investigating how fraudsters built an estimated $20 billion in unemployment payments out of the state EDD, and whether anyone in state government should be held accountable.
8: I would... Hold responsible the people who either fraudulently, corruptly or negligently allowed $25 billion to go out the door uh, in, a, in, a, in a completely criminal way. You know, it was ripped off. I mean, that, that's shocking. Uh, and then I would absolutely go after the people who ripped it off.
5: Hockman says he also wants to prosecute fentanyl dealers, work with police around the state to decrease crime and crack down on human trafficking. He says he opposes most of the state's recent criminal justice reforms, but also pledges to uphold the law, even if he disagrees with it. For the California Report, I'm Marisa Lagos.
2: Landlords in Los Angeles have failed in their legal quest to overturn the city's eviction moratorium. The U.S. Supreme Court has decided not to hear a case challenging the city's protections. KPCC's David Wagner has more.
0: The Supreme Court's decision leaves the city of LA's current rules in place. Those rules say landlords cannot evict tenants over non-payment of rent if those tenants have been harmed by COVID-19. Fiza Malik is an attorney with public counsel, which helped defend the city's policy.
2: I think it should provide our local leaders a measure of comfort that their emergency protections have continued to be upheld in court.
0: But Dan Eukelson, head of the landlord group that sued the city, says the court's decision leaves many struggling property owners in the lurch.
8: We had hoped the makeup of the court would give us a fair
1: hearing, but obviously they decided it was an issue that they were willing to take up.
0: LA's eviction protections will stay in place until the city declares an end to its ongoing local emergency period. At that point, tenants will still have another year to pay their back rent. For the California Report, I'm David Wagner in Los Angeles.
2: And now, KCBX reporter Rachel Showalter joins us from the Salinas River with a story about a mouthy mammal who's helping us better adapt to the impacts of climate
4: change. beavers are out here doing this for free.
2: That's Emily Fairfax. She's a scientist
9: who teaches at CSU Channel Islands and studies water systems. She says the riverbed we're standing in has been altered. It was once a dry and sandy piece of land. Now it's a productive wetland because beavers used mud and trees to build a dam and slow the flow of water. So like these plants here, this is all new in the last year and a half. Mm
4: -hmm. I mean, these ones have sprung up just since summer.
9: The section of the Salinas I'm in is surrounded by reedy vegetation that's about as tall as I am. I can see tiny fish in the water because it's so clear. And Fairfax says all of this is because of beavers.
4: Feel the water, feel how cool it is. When I was out here and it was like 105 degrees, the water was still about 70. It's remarkable how they can create such a stable system uh, in the middle of a very dramatically changing climate.
9: Fairfax says beavers don't just bring back the wetland ecosystem. Their dams restore groundwater, and that helps combat drought. Moist vegetation in the wetland also forms a natural barrier to another threat of climate change, fires.
4: When you have a lightning strike, when you have a campfire, when you have a power line, that's not going to turn into an out-of-control wildfire unless you have fuel. And fuel isn't really fuel unless it's dry.
9: Beavers are native to California. Here on the central coast, they still swim in the Salinas, Arroyo Seco, and Santinez Rivers. But Fairfax says development and agriculture have starved out almost all of California's wetlands and ideal habitat.
4: There are beavers in downtown San Jose. There are beavers in San Diego. Those aren't really great places for the beavers.
9: Partly because beavers can cause flooding, damage pipes, or chew up trees. Property owners can take steps to avoid that, but state law permits people to trap and kill thousands of the rodent-like mammals each year.
4: But there's a lot that we can do today to make California more hospitable for beavers and to encourage this kind of thing in more of our rivers and streams.
9: Fairfax says there's another idea, and people in other western states already do it.
4: Take the family and you put it somewhere that wants it.
9: Groups like the Environmental Protection Information Center and Worth a Dam, that's D-A-M, agree with Fairfax. They want to minimize lethal trapping and offer beavers protection.
4: So we can reap these benefits and not have any of the issues and conflicts that come with it.
9: Fish and wildlife officials acknowledge the climate benefits of beavers. They're considering whether to change trap and kill policies, but in San Luis Obispo County, killing beavers is rare.
6: And I'll show you where they've been uh, chewing on a willow tree and dragging it into the river. Just uh,
9: looks like Nick Fortune lives among trees like gray pines and oaks. He's retired from a lumber company and shares his land with beavers. That but that doesn't bother you at all?
6: No, they, you know, I got so many trees here that the balance between the trees and the Beaver population is is fine.
9: The beavers built a dam across the Salinas River under an old green bridge he's kept for decades. Mostly, he sees the beavers as helpers.
6: I mean, San Luis County is kind of a coastal desert, and so this, you know, storing water in this county is great.
9: If he can live with them, he hopes everyone else can too.
6: I think they should leave them alone.
9: For the California Report, I'm Rachel Showalter in San Luis Obispo.
2: During a visit to California's Central Coast Monday, Vice President Kamala Harris announced that the U.S. will no longer conduct anti-satellite missile tests in space, ending what she called a reckless and dangerous practice and pushing for new international norms of space cooperation. From KCBX, Benjamin Perper reports.
3: Harris announced the news at Vandenberg Space Force Base near the city of Lompoc in Santa Barbara County. After meeting with members of the Space Force and U.S. Space Command, the vice president said that the move to end anti-satellite missile tests was a matter of national security.
7: These weapons are intended to deny the United States our ability to use our space capabilities by destroying our satellites.
3: Harris pointed specifically to Russia and China's past use of these tests and the debris they create in space, though the U.S. has also conducted these tests. She said that debris can take out entire satellites, endangering people and equipment in space, but also disrupting life on the ground.
4: It
7: could affect the daily weather forecast, GPS driving directions, and even your favorite television station.
3: The vice president's visit to Vandenberg comes after news that the base is under consideration as a potential future home of the Space Training and Readiness Command, or STARCOM, a training and education hub for U.S. space operations. For The California Report, I'm Benjamin Perper in San Luis Obispo.
2: And that's The California Report for Tuesday, April 19th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Alex Hall. Thanks for listening.
1: Support for the California Report comes from the Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved youth. Stanford Healthcare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy harnesses the power of people and science to create innovative solutions for a healthy environment, just societies, and opportunities for human achievement.